0: Welcome to another episode of Cowgirls and Indians. I am your cowgirl, Christina Cook, and I'm the Indian, Keith Nobles, <laughs> and uh, we are here to to guide you through the the world of progressive thought, and and maybe point out some of the pitfalls, and hopefully give you some some ideas about how we can defeat this really horrible ideology. In in our world and uh, reclaim the heritage that we have as as Americans, which I think is pretty critical, don't you? Yes. Okay. Today, Keith, we're going to talk about ESG because this is this is one of those things. It's kind of like we, when we did the episode on CRT. Yes. This is kind of scratching an itch that I had because I didn't really understand it <laughs> and I wanted to, which is why we did that episode. So this is kind of the same thing. Um, I wanted to to talk about this, you know you know, and and what it is and why it's, you know, is it good? Is it bad? You know, what is what are the effects of it um, in our markets, in our society, etc, etc. And kind of what brought all this to mind for me was the more or less recent debacle Anheuser-Busch experienced with their Dylan Mulvaney can. Yeah. Now wiped out almost a fifth of uh, Anheuser-Busch's market cap at this point. And definitely their sales is just plummeting. So uh, they can't give that stuff away now, but they they can't even give it away. So not that I was ever a Bud fan to begin with, but yeah, definitely not. (laughs) So anyway. So let's let's talk about ESG, Keith. What what is ESG?
1: Uh, environmental, social, and governance is what ESG stands for. Okay, it's a uh, criteria for a set of standards for a company's operations that socially conscious investors use to screen potential investments. You must be on the same Investopedia page that I'm on. <laughs>
0: We actually agree on the definition. That's right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Environmental criteria consider how a company performs as a steward of nature. A steward of nature. That's right. Okay.
0: Well, how does social fit into that? Because that's kind of. Well, let's let's start. Let's start with the S. Or should we start with the
1: E? Start with the E if you want. It doesn't matter. Right. I mean, they're going to try and grade you on how environmentally responsible you are. Right. How green. Yeah, it's a completely... Carbon neutral. And, I mean, here's the problem with all this environmental social mm-hmm. governance, right? It's all completely subjective. Of course. That's the problem, <laughs> right? I mean, right. That really, really is the problem. But you
0: give it a score and that, that makes it objective, right?
1: That, that, yeah, right. Right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Isn't that how that works?
1: Yeah. I mean, this, is, this is the problem, Yeah. right? It really goes along. And the, the major complaint against DSG is it's ideologically driven because those... Subjective grades are measured not against how much you really care about the environment, no, or how much you really care about society, but against uh, a political agenda. Yeah, right. This is the whole complaint about it. How much you agree with the progressives on yes. stuff? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: And so, so that's really what the score is. Then is a measure of how much you agree with the progressives on their agenda.
1: Yeah, in a very real way, that's that's what they're measuring.
0: Okay. So. well, let's let's break this down because they they try to break it down into you know, supposedly objective type criteria and that kind of thing. So environmental, I mean they're looking for green, they're looking for carbon neutral. um they're looking for you know how much of your fleet is battery operated and all that crap, right? Uh, ostensibly.
1: Okay. <laughs> I mean, we, you know, that's, that's what they're looking for, right? Okay. I mean, let's just be clear. Most of the uh, climate alarmism <laughs> isn't people who really care if the climate is changing, why the climate is changing, or how it may be changing. they are people who view government as a wealth transfer mechanism to give money to the 1% under the guise of climate change, Yep. right? That's, that's really what it is. So right. that's what most of these grades are based on. How willing you are you to go along with the program? I know if you're willing to go along with the program, we can include you and get you some of that money transfer <laughs> as well.
0: Fair, right? And it's it's using the power of the markets, trying to incentivize the markets to to reward such behavior, correct or such choices.
1: Yes, yes. I would say it's against the power of the markets myself, well, but yes, it's it's an attempt to manipulate, distort the markets to a Political agenda,
0: right? And so, I mean, you mentioned in your definition, um, the definition is socially conscious investors. Yes. yes. So, yes, Democrats have a lot of money too, and uh, they do invest it. Um, you know, I think that's a, that's a given. In fact, they, I would say, probably have more money because they get it by unlawful means, in my mind. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> they, they are investing it. This would be how you know the the blue side of the aisle would be looking at where to put their money. Right. Correct?
1: Yeah. Okay. Social. What, what's the social part of it? Oh, the, the social part of it ranges, but all the typical suspects okay. we see among progressivism, Okay. right? So, Do you support transgenderism? Right? Do you support math is racist? <laughs> Do you support <laughs> any number of these ideas? Right. Right. I mean, it's, that's, yeah, that's really what they're looking at. So all the social policy, really
0: bad ideas that they've got, that those are the ones that they're trying to get people to go along with. Yes. Okay. And then governance. What are they talking about there?
1: Yeah, governance being the, they have this this set of criteria and policies to implement these things.
0: Okay. And yeah. Well, and it's I think it's a little bit deeper. It's corporate governance. Right. They're, no. They're it's, it's, it's corporate governance. Not not like the U.S. government. No. No. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. And
1: governance is one of those words that in a business sense. People often have a hard time defining. Yeah. Right.
0: But it's the makeup of your board. It's the, you know, what's in your bylaws, what is guiding, you know, what are the policies that you have in place to guide how you allocate
1: resources? Yes, Um, it it tends to be very policy driven. Right. Yes.
0: And so they're looking for things there like diversity on your board, according to immutable characteristics like gender and non-gender or non-binary or whatever, you know, in all of this 2,642, you know, implementations. Color of your skin. Right. You know, heritage, ethnicity, you know, that kind of thing. Um, ideologically, are they looking for any sort of diversity? Do you get a better score if you have both conservatives? and? No. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> no. Why would you? No. <laughs> And that's kind of the problem, isn't it? <laughs>
1: uh, you know, yeah, no, they're not. They're not looking for conservatives on their boards.
0: So that's interesting. So the so they they have these scores. Then you know that who who puts out the score anyway? I mean, is there is there a, an organization that uh, puts I think out the score? There are
1: several organizations who put okay. out that score.
0: Okay. Yeah. Do we know what any of them are?
1: Off the top of my head, I do not know the names of any of them. Okay. <laughs> but it seems to me like if you wanted to make some money, this could be a real cottage industry for oh, you. Yeah. No kidding.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then what do the investors do with it? They, they allocate their money based on that. Yeah. I think one of the things that I saw in researching for this episode is that um, some of them are activists. Some investors are activist
1: investors. Oh, absolutely. That, that will go in and they'll propose. Yeah, they want to change who's on the board to. People they find ideologically friendly.
0: Either that or they're trying to get a policy implemented or, right. or or something like that. So one of the articles, and of course, I'm not going to be able to find it because I'm so unprepared and I apologize for that. But one of the articles that I was reading said this may be an opportunity actually for conservatives. Oh, I think so. An opportunity for uh, conservative activist shareholders to propose, you know, some of those um, some of those resolutions at the shareholders' meetings and that kind of thing. And, you know, we we have they're they're actually getting more res. Conservatives are actually getting more resolutions through now. Out of like 438, if memory serves, 438 resolutions, 22 of them were conservative. So not a lot. No going on, but that's actually more than have ever actually reached a vote.
1: Yeah, than in the past. Yeah. So I'll tell you what: this whole idea of activists investing. Mm Hmm is not new no it's decades old well sure and it's never worked well okay and it's never had a long lifespan well how do you how do you see activist investing oh people who i buy shares in order to influence uh policies right of these companies toward things that i have social values Okay, my social values right so 40 years ago give or take maybe a little less not much it was kind of a big deal. There was an uh, investment house that launched, and they were going to advocate for uh, Catholic social values. Okay. And in they're investing. Okay. And it was at the time got a fair amount of publicity and attention. Mm-hmm. Right. These things have a hard time surviving very long. Okay. Because <laughs> why mar- do you think that is? Because markets are more powerful than these organizations, than sure. ideologies. and Markets are more powerful than mm-hmm. governments. Right. And, and these things tend to go where the market goes, not where activist investors drive right. them to.
0: Right.
1: I mean, not, not horribly separated from ESG is DEI, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Right. Right. Which are actual organizations fired up within these companies and institutions. Right. Then to promote these progressive ideas these are right, better characteristics, anything yeah. but diversity yeah. and equity and inclusion, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Who can we practice, kick out? Who can we punish? That's Who can right. We, yeah. That's right. Yeah. We're not. Yeah. Who can we're we not reward our friends hired. and punish our enemies. Yep. That's, that's kind of their, how they function. Yep. And those have been going by the wayside here as of late uh, in large numbers. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. As, as there's been a number of layoffs at a number of companies here. And they're the first people laid off.
0: Good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's about the least value addition, value adding position that could possibly exist within a company. It is. And and there's a lot of white males attend these
1: DEI presentations and ask their bosses things like, as a white male, why would I continue working here since they basically told me I have no future? I'll never get a raise or promotion. Why would I stay here? And so there's a number of companies going, yeah, maybe that's not the path to... Success in our company. So, the, the D, I thing, my guess is it may have already crested. It's, it's starting okay. on the downside.
0: That's a piece of good news. Yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate it.
1: It is, but but you know your DEI is part of what they will give you an ESG score on.
0: Yeah, right. Well, that's like that's part of the the social and the governance for sure. Yeah,
1: is is part of that. Yeah, but uh, these things just historically don't have a long lifespan because companies go where the market goes, mm-hmm. and if if the market is you know what I, I can't hire the best people with this policy. I, they will lose that policy sooner or later you think right if if the market is going over here and ESG says no you have to go over there they're gonna go where the market is yeah right and that's just just how things tend to work so these things tend not to have long lifespans and they've they've been tried from a variety of viewpoints over decades and right they've never lasted all that long when
0: so so the the key takeaway really, here then is that if it's not making money, then the market is not going to pay any attention. Um, if it's not actually putting dollars in their pockets. If
1: if you're going to do things to actively move yourself away from the direction the market is going, the market will punish you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> right? That's mm-hmm. the that's but the bottom I, I, line. I'm
0: I'm looking at it from the uh, now I'm I'm stuck because I, I want to go a couple different directions. First I want to I want to talk about Individual investors who supposedly you know this score this ESG score is supposed to attract those social the, the money of those socially conscious inv- investors right sort of isn't that what the purpose
1: is this yeah is? but but it's usually not the I mean I mean the thing is and this gets confusing to a degree for okay. a lot of people okay okay right now the ESG thing is the biggest the, the biggest proponents of it are certain index funds. Right, right. This is really where it is. It's not the individual investor so much. Okay. Right. It's it's and these. that's, that's uh, actually the direction that I wanted to go. So good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's it's index funds, and these index funds say, "Well, here's what you do. We're gonna buy index. anybody doesn't know. Index funds buy uh, shares in all the companies." In a given index. Right. right? So, so the, like the Dow Jones. Right. Right. Those buy all the companies on the Dow Jones. Right. And uh, the more money people give them, more money buy into the index fund, the more shares in these companies they buy, the less money people give them, the fewer shares they own mm-hmm. in these companies. So, uh, several of these companies have decided that they will take the cumulative shares they have. And when they vote for, board members and things like this, they will do so based on their ESG convictions. Gotcha. Right. And so people are kind of get confused about that. Right. So it's not so much the individual investor. It's these index funds that buy percentages in a company and then use that to vote in Mm -hmm. the board members and the policies that they prefer.
0: Okay. Now, isn't that self-defeating in a way? I mean, if, it, if it's an index fund and they're voting in policies that are going to be detrimental to
1: the bottom line. That's why these things never last long.
0: Of the company. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, you just answer <laughs> that. That's, that's the answer to
1: that question. Answer I my mean, own question. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, you have somebody. I mean, the opposite of ESG, the opposite of this model is probably Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger. Okay. Right. Who, you know, they're, they're you know, yeah, they think ESG is kind of a joke. right and and their attitude is this right you find a company you like you wait for a good buying opportunity and you stock up right and that's that's how you do it you hold that and that's how you get rich right right find somebody who knows what they're doing makes a product that's a good quality product it's a well-run company and you don't have to worry about anything right a good way to invest, you know. That's that's their basic strategy. Yeah.
0: I'm not what you think about more right? Buffett, But yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you if you like those people personally or not, yeah. That doesn't matter. Right. He's that's pretty wealthy. Yeah. They they kind of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's their their approach to investing. Yeah. Right. They're not there to change your company. Right. They're, they're buying into your company because they think you already got it figured out, right? <laughs> that's what it's with, with their model. I'm not here to fix you. I'm here to, to profit from what you've already
0: figured out. So what about um, the institutional investors that are, aren't the index funds? Things like the California Retirement System, CalPERS. Oh, yeah. Who I believe has a policy in place that they, they can only... You know, investing companies that have an ESG score above or whatever, because it's California. So why not? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you, you get into and you're an accountant.
0: I am support, supposedly. <laughs> yeah. All right. So
1: you, you you get into. I am not an accountant. I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> okay. OK. OK. But here's what you have. You have fiduciary responsibilities. Correct. OK. And you, you can get into murky areas here if what you're investing in is not for the intent of the best return for your constituents, best return for the people who gave you that money. And so um, I don't know where the lines are there. There are lines there.
0: There are. I would assume that CalPERS members are the ones who actually voted that policy into effect, in which case, I mean, is there a fiduciary responsibility when they told you to do it?
1: (laughs) I don't know. I I mean, I'm I'm, I'm not evading it. You yeah. know, I, I mean I just don't know. I would but, think there
0: would be. Would I? I would think that there would no longer be if the people who Yeah, so
1: it, it's interesting something like CalFirst, because those people who that is their money being invested mm-hmm. probably assume they're gonna get what they were promised anyway. And the state will backstop them.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: right? <laughs> if they make bad investing decisions, they may not care because they right. figure taxpayers are gonna make yeah. me whole.
0: California people who are listening yeah. to this, let me let me let you in on a little secret. California is bankrupt and it's not going to happen. Well,
1: you know, <laughs> if, absolutely not. Yeah. Gonna if happen. it's your your own individual <laughs> retirement account, yeah. there's nobody going to backstop it. Right. Yeah. Right. It's a different story. But yeah, I yeah. mean, CalPERS, I think most people assume the state of California is going to backstop it. Yeah. So they may <laughs> not care so much if they don't get the best return
0: they've virtue signaled to the rest of the world. Yes. That yeah, that, that's that,
1: what they want. No, that's exactly <laughs> what they have. done. <laughs> they have virtue signaled to the rest of the world. Right. Um, So,
0: but I guess that really because the institutional investors are really the big players. That them and the index funds are are really the big players in the market movers in the in 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 the market. Yes, they're the ones who really direct trillions and trillions of dollars. Yes, and And they would be the ones left
1: holding the bag if things go bad. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, so so you really think that this is destined for defeat? I mean, it's just gonna it's just gonna go down in the dust heaps of history.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think so. that's what history is yeah. of these ideas of activist investing, regardless of what your activism is oriented toward. Right. Right. Yeah. Markets go. Markets are for making money. That's well, right. They, people, and they should be for making money. Well, markets are for surviving. Right. Right. If you don't go where the market goes, you will not survive.
0: Right.
1: Right. I mean, that's that's just the lesson. How many companies... Have we seen they used to be dominant players in our industry don't even exist? Right. Because the market went somewhere on very often the market some went somewhere very, very quickly that <laughs> they did not go to. They didn't even remotely keep up. <laughs> no, right. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean Kodak's my favorite example well, of that. Yeah. yeah, Kodak, RCA.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean you just if you think about it for a little bit, you could just start rattling them off. They yeah. were the dominant players in the industry, and they do not even exist right. anymore, at least as, as a inib- independent entities. Right. Somebody may have purchased the remaining assets, and but yeah, y- yeah. I mean, they're just dumb themselves because they did not do what the market dictated. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 And yeah, so, I mean, that's when was the last problem? time you got a Sears catalog? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean,
0: I loved seeing that thing come every holiday uh, season. Uh, i oh. sit there for. Hours with a crayon, a green crayon. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> circling all the things that I wanted Santa to bring. <laughs> no, ex- exactly,
1: exactly. But, but yeah, I, yeah. Sears used to be just the yeah, dominant but, yeah. retailer in the whole country, not just in terms of a brick and mortar, but yeah, catalog. Oh yeah. I mean, that catalog was six inches thick. They sold yes. I <laughs> you know. would have hated to have been a
0: mailman when those things came out. Oh Come yeah, yeah,
1: but yeah. I mean, yeah, they sold everything from you know houses to to boat stuff, yeah. shoes to yeah. firearms to you
0: know you name it. Right, you, it's the original Amazon. Yeah, well, yeah, you can get it <laughs> <them> from Sears. <laughs> mm-hmm. And
1: uh, yeah, I mean Sears is. Some places hanging on my skin or their teeth, but yeah, they're they're nothing like they were. What about
0: Montgomery Ward's? Yeah,
1: well, I, I think so they're gone, tell you what, gone. Yeah. I worked uh, when I was very young. I worked at both Sears and Montgomery Wards. Did you- <laughs> I did. Yeah, I mean,
0: was that your lifelong dream to be the manager of the sports department? Sporting no, that was Ray's <laughs> lifelong dream.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> mean, yeah, I remember in my 18th birthday, my father bought me a tool set from montgomery awards yeah toolbox uh, wrenches screwdrivers ratchets the whole thing yeah, yeah the whole you know yeah <laughs> you're basic you're an adult now here's your own toolbox kind of thing stop borrowing mine yeah, <laughs> yeah no, exactly <laughs> exactly but yeah i mean yeah those those are just uh yeah they're they're just gone now yeah and, and because they failed to keep up with the market. They failed to keep up with the market. Right. And they failed to keep up with the where the market was going. And to a large degree, they took their customers for granted. So the whole point to all these little yes. vignettes. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, companies go where the markets go. Because even if you were the dominant player, you can be gone very, very quickly.
0: The markets go. I mean, the markets are fickle. It's a, it's yes. a saw, but it's very true. The markets yeah. go where value is being added. Yeah. And ESG doesn't add value. I don't believe.
1: No, it,
0: it well, the value it
1: adds yeah. is to a certain subset of people's conscience. Virtue signaling. Yeah. Virtue signaling, right? That's the value it adds. That, that is not going to keep anybody in business. No, nor and will it pay your mortgage. No, no, it won't pay your mortgage. So, like I said, there was a, gosh, 35, 40 years ago, that was an activist fund, mm-hmm. Catholic Values they Mm. were going to buy and promote. You know, they weren't all that successful at Mm. promoting those values, but even then, right, they weren't all that, they were no more successful than any other fund at providing returns. Right. Right. Because ultimately, it's the way people invest in these funds is to get returns. And if you're an index fund, let's assume everybody's returning pretty much the same thing because it's an index fund. Mm -hmm. Right. So, what you're really talking about here is cost. How much is this fund costing me? Right, because everybody's probably returning about the same thing. Right, right. As so, far as so it re- comes down to return. fees. And- so yeah, it comes down to fees. And so yeah, yeah. These things end up mattering much more than you know what their their activist goals. Maybe right. And so they've they've just never had a, a really long lifespan at doing this, and so and because of that they've never been really effective right at doing this. And then there's a whole other question with ESG. Mm-hmm. Can it survive outside of an expansive credit market? Right. Okay, credit, talk to me
0: about that. I'm well, not an economist. The the money the supply. Money the
1: imagination. So one of the things that's flying under the radar for a lot of people here with uh, the end of QE. With the federal... Quantitative easing. Yes. With the Federal Reserve offloading their balance sheet, with the Federal Reserve raising interest rates, Mm -hmm. okay, is the contraction of the money supply. Okay. So the money supply... Isn't that a good thing when we have such bad inflation? Well, so the last few months, the money supply has contracted more than it has in the last 90 years since early on in Mm -hmm. the Great Depression.
0: Does that have anything to do with why the banks are failing? Uh, Yes. Okay. Yes, it does. So explain. can you can you explain that to me? I mean, you are way more knowledgeable on this stuff than I am. I may be an accountant, but I do not understand uh, macroeconomics at all. Well,
1: eh. well, so let me make my ESG point. Then we'll talk oh, about sir, that sure, sure. Sorry, quick. I didn't that's mean okay. to derail you. No, that's okay. So um, in a world in which credit is ostensibly less available and going to be less available and there's less money out there. Right. Not more, right? The ESG is kind of like a... Economic largesse. It's a luxury
0: that we can't afford at this point. Well, yeah, it's a luxury
1: we can't afford, but or that these investors may not think they can afford. Right. Is really to the point. But beyond that, more expansive monetary policy has been historically, not just the United States, around the world. The crazier ideas people embrace. Just across the board.
0: Because they can't. Because money money. is
1: cheap and available and plentiful. And there's no worthless, but there's no penalty to being crazy. Right. Right. Okay. When money supply contracts, uh, those crazy ideas tend to be the first casualties. Okay. Right. Because people are like, okay, this is serious. I got to make some money. I got to find some money. I got to, you know, bear down. I got to figure this out.
0: We're right? a brass tax at this point. Yeah. Yes. Feeding my yeah, family. Yeah. So is, there's is more the, important than Around signaling. the
1: world, there is this there has been this correlation between societal craziness mm-hmm. and monetary policy. Interesting. Yeah, it is, right? Huh. So <laughs> this is um, not
0: anything I'd ever heard.
1: So the question is can ESG even survive uh-huh. in a contracting money supply? Uh-huh. contracting monetary environment. Right. And my guess is it probably can't. Okay. People are going to be looking at other factors for where their more limited quantities of money may end up. Okay. Than somebody's ESG score.
0: So will the progressives let ESG go quietly or will they morph it into something else?
1: I, well, so here's to build upon that idea, craziness and monetary ideas, right? Okay. We see a lot of progressivism go away in this environment. Really?
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, a lot of the crazier social ideas right. these people have could be yeah going away. Because well, yeah, I mean they're built off of this this largesse, this monetary largesse right. that, you know, we'll just pump some more credit out there. We'll just make some more reserves available <laughs> and uh, you know when that turns around and ends people right are confronted with different problems right and those problems are not friendly to craziness
0: no so they're not but i mean it's so i guess what i worry about um stuff is that's being done in the private sector is all fine and good and, and comes and goes as, as you know monetary policy and all that kind of stuff but At what point do the progressives in power make the decision that, okay, we're going to push through ESG as a market force is going away because of monetary policy and and everything that you just said. So we're just going to make it mandatory and the, you know, we're going to pass a law and make ESG part of, you know, like your tax code or something. And, you know, I mean, social credit scores for for individuals, which sounds crazy, but
1: China has it. So, well, so I'm sure they would like to do that. Sure. I don't think they would be able to. I okay. don't think they'd be able to get that through. Okay. Right? I mean, that's not all that different than things FDR did. Right. In the Great Depression, he just made it worse.
0: Right. Right? Well, of course he did, but so. okay. <laughs> yeah, you
1: know, it, yeah, it becomes easy arguments against that. Sure. Right? You're the CEO of a major corporation and Democrats want to push this through. And you just go, is your goal to put me out of business? Well, of course it is. <laughs> well, probably not because they would probably like to be reelected. Right. You don't want to be the guy who drove the made the depression worse again. And this is uh I mean one of the advantages we have with the internet and everything we have now, right? Unlike say 1936, that's uh, really easy to share information, right? Yeah. I mean
0: Well, it's also like, really
1: easy to share bullshit. So well, but but you know, it's like my mom, my parents were both born at the start of the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. That's like my mom said, and they were poor. I mean, twice growing up, my mom lived in barns.
0: Wow. Because they didn't have a house. Okay.
1: Right? I mean, they had nothing. They had two mules, some farm implements, and you know, they were sharecroppers. Right? I mean, they were genuinely poorer than poor. Right. And uh, But my mom used to say, well, we didn't know we are poor. Sure. Everybody was just like us. Right. Right? Northeastern Oklahoma, 1930s, everybody was just like we were. Sure. Everybody was poorer than poor, so we didn't know we were poor. We just thought this was normal. This right. is what normal was, right? Well, you know, the internet—that's not that's such not... an easy thing, right, to sell, right, right. Like you can have these politicians show up in Fort Gibson, Oklahoma, in 1936, ago. "Hey, you're doing pretty good. You should see the guys over there." And yeah, it's like my dad used to say, right, when he was a kid then, right? And they didn't have cars; he had horses or most likely mules to get around, and you know, you say you didn't know anybody lived more than ten miles away, right? You had nothing, no, unless it was in the newspaper, which were only the really big national events. You had no idea what was going on ten miles away. Close, yeah, close. Yeah, by. you knew everybody lived within five miles. You knew nobody lived more than ten miles, right? And so, yeah, you had no idea. This is this is one of the differences the internet provides. Yeah, right. People really do have an idea what's going on all over the world. Yeah, and so that 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 whole model that enabled—I mean, it really was a model of ignorance that enabled the uh, New Deal to survive right. as long as it did. Was yeah, no, nobody knew.
0: Well, if that's the case, then how? I mean, just two two facts that I can I can think of that that kind of push back on that idea. Okay, is one we still have communism. Yes, in many countries throughout the world, and two, they've got a social credit credit score in china oh yeah well china's a communist country right yeah, so but we, but the we internet have, doesn't help. but we have
1: a fraction of the communist countries we had just 30 years ago sure 32 years ago
0: and you think that that's attributable to the internet
1: no 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 it's attributable to uh people like Ronald reagan okay. but the fact that that they, they have not uh communism really hasn't replicated itself since the fall soviet union a lot of that i think is the internet okay right i mean it made uh, you familiar with the Kirkpatrick doctrine? You ever heard of that? Jean Kirkpatrick?
0: Jean Kirkpatrick? Yeah. No, I don't think I certainly couldn't okay. define it. Well,
1: she was, you know, ambassador to the UN. Right. Ronald Reagan. And, yeah. But the idea was this, right? Um, we will support countries that do not nationalize their industry. Okay. And we will oppose countries that do nationalize their industry. And the whole reasoning around that was if industry remains in private hands, it requires information to function. If you require information to function, you require freedom. Right. And the more you require information, the more freedom you require. So the internal pressure there is on growing freedom. Okay. Because you have growing amounts of information to acquire. Okay. Right. Right. So kind of extrapolate that idea out to the internet. Right. Right. That, yeah. Okay. It, it really is a pro-freedom thing.
0: Well, and that's all, that was always the promise of the well, internet. It, it, is it really is, is, right? And this is why we, we haven't seen a return
1: to those Soviet-type regimes right. anywhere, because in, in the days of the internet, they, they, they couldn't do that. Right. Right, it just simply couldn't do that. I mean, this was—if you had the internet in 1917—I'm not saying Nicholas II would still be around, but I'm saying Lenin probably <laughs> wouldn't have done what he had done. Right, because those people rely on a great deal of ignorance,
0: propaganda that can't be refuted. Yeah, it? exactly,
1: yeah. exactly. Yeah, the internet is very much a freedom-friendly environment. Sure. So.
0: Sure. Okay. Well, then, how, given all that. How do the progressives in this day and age manage to use the internet instead to spread lies and bullshit? Huh? instead of conservative ideas gaining ascendancy because of the prevalence of the availability of information?
1: Well, so because to a large degree, right, progressives uh, they aren't really yeah. interested in a Soviet model. they're interested much more in a model like fascist Italy. okay. They're <laughs> interested in co-opting these companies. right, right which is what BSG is really all about. Okay. Right. I mean, I mean that's really the, the progressive model. Um, it's not a matter of, hey, we're going to own the means of production. No, no, no. We're going to co-opt these people. See, we will give you all kinds of favors if your company joins our side. Right. Right. And we will punish you if your company does not join our side. Right. Right, I mean that's 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 the the basic model, right? So they're they're not interested in this uh, totalitarianism like you know Lenin, Stalin, Brezhnev. Right? They're they're much more interested in Mussolini and fascism. And you know I can bribe you to support me, mm-hmm. right? I don't have to. <laughs> I don't have to take your business over. You'll you'll do what I want because I'll reward you for it. Which
0: answers the age old question of why would billionaire. Owners, oh, yeah. CEOs of these companies ever support the Democrat Party? <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, answers that question. No, no, right
1: that's there, exactly right? why. Yeah, right. It's exactly why. And look, you know, we talked before. On climate change. Mm-hmm. Right. And look, uh, I've known the scientific all to debate climate change and how and where and why and how. Right. It's way beyond my scientific abilities. Sure. Okay. But I know this, Mm -hmm. right? Every policy they've adopted in the name of fighting (laughs) climate change is a wealth transfer to the 1%. Absolutely. I mean, so the question's not, is climate change real or not? The question is for these people, why is giving money to rich people going to fix climate change? Yeah. That's the question. question. Answer that question. Right. Right. It's not, it's not get caught up on, is climate change real or not? Let's get caught up on why every solution you propose is to give my money to a rich person. <laughs> that's the question we need to ask. Right. And so, right. you know, but the, I mean, it's just a great example of that. Right. That is. Uh, I mean, everybody. Oh, uh, yeah. We're all for uh, fighting climate change because that means they'll give me money. Right. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's, that's just a simple <laughs> formula here. And yeah. if you go, oh, yeah, I don't think climate change is real. And I think you can take your green agenda and stuff it. They will not give you money and then they will pass legislation or regulations to punish you. Right. Right. I mean, that's just how this works it has nothing to do with the climate whatsoever it has to do with rewarding your friends and punishing your enemies. Exactly. And, and so Which is he- why
0: Elon Musk totally blows their
1: minds. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now, this is this is a true statement. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, that's 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 how that model of climate change works. It has nothing to do with the climate. It has nothing to do with rising seas or Everything melting tundra. Yeah. has to do with wealth transfers to people who are already insanely wealthy. Yeah. That's,
0: that's what it is. Well, and at that level, they, they want to be made more wealthy by watching everybody else become less wealthy. I well, mean, it's not, it shouldn't be a zero-sum game. Yeah, why, why,
1: why should I have to come up and innovate and compete with other people when I can just have you pass a law and regulation Bingo. and you give me money? Bingo. Right? Yeah. I mean, how much easier is that than, than yeah. having to come up with a better idea and product and execute it? Have you ever seen Frack
0: Nation? No. You you should see that. And and listeners, you should you should watch it as well. It's made by a a pair of uh, Irish filmmakers who did not start out as conservatives when they started this. And um, they talk about the, you know, I mean, the, the groundwater contamination and I'm putting air quotes around that, that was such a hoax in, in Pennsylvania. They talk about you know fracking throughout the US. They talk about energy production and the outlawing of coal and all that kind of stuff. And And the point that they made, the one that's really stuck with me in the 10 years since I've seen that, is that the best way to ensure prosperity is to secure a cheap form of energy that can be used, a cheap, efficient form of energy that can be used to propel the uh, industry and, and you know, farming and all of that kind of stuff. Oil and gas is that. Oh, it absolutely. A huge kinetic value to it, you know, that's stored in a, in, a, in a very small space, you know, it's a very, very good energy source for that reason. Right. And so if you want to destroy prosperity and freedom, then making... And demonize, making that that form of energy bad, demonizing that form of energy would be the way to go about it, which is exactly what they've done.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all they do is punish the poor. Yeah. I mean, that's the bottom line to it. Right. You enrich the, the wealthy and yeah. you punish the poor. Right. And that's the goal. Right. And, and somehow there are considerable number of people who think that's virtuous to punish <laughs> the poor or reward the rich. They, they couch it in all kinds of terms. But it's, it's around
0: about how, how much they're doing for the planet. We don't even talk about the child labor, slave labor in the Congo to mine the cobalt And, well, we, you know, I mean. Yeah,
1: let's be clear. Right. I mean, the whole green agenda is just a matter of paying off campaign donations. That's All it is. It's enriching your friends, family and cronies. Yeah, that's that's the whole point to it. Right? There's nobody who thinks this is actually a serious policy unless you just lay off the weed. <laughs> well, I mean seriously, just lay off the weed I if you think you, this is a serious policy.
0: There are a there's a shit ton of farmland um being devoted to windmills.
1: Oh yeah, and it pays handsomely.
0: And I, yeah, it and pays
1: if if they want to put up a windmill in your pasture that is pretty lucrative.
0: Yeah. You couldn't pay me enough to live anywhere near one of those things. Now I can see hundreds of them from my property, but they're, (laughs) they're on the Pine Ridge. They're, you know, they're, they're a ways away. I can't hear them. Um, That would drive me insane. They wanted to put a CO2 sequestration well on my property Yeah, though. And I I thought about it because I mean, they wanted to pay me money to dig a well in on my land where they could put carbon dioxide I thought, this has got to be the biggest scam <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. And I, I I, finally thought, I don't want to have anything to do. I don't care how much money they're going to pay me. I don't want to have anything to do with this hoax. Right. And so my neighbor said, yes. <laughs> and They put up a well and they dug it. And now there's a wellhead there for the pipeline to connect to. It's was like, oh, my God. It's the craziest thing. Oh, it is. It's just crazy. It is. And I mean, there's so much money moving around with all this stuff. Yep. It's yep.
1: And, and people insane. realize they're paying for that money in their electric bill when they fill up the, their car at the gas pump and when they turn their furnace on. Well, and okay. That, that's where people pay for all that. That CO2? That CO2 that
0: was going to be sequestered under my land is coming from an Archer Daniels Midland factory in western Nebraska. That they have built, the energy companies have have built an entire pipeline to deal with. They're out there digging wells. Energy companies getting rich, landowners are getting rich. ADM is passing that cost through to their consumers.
1: So exactly. Just about everything you buy at the grocery store. Yes, yes. no, exactly. No, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly how it works. Exactly. Right? And no, it's a scam. It is. And and the people who pay for that scam, like if you're making eight hundred thousand dollars a year, do you care if you're paying? Another dollar a pound at the grocery store for chicken? Probably not. Right. If you're like the example we've used before, you're that, that single woman with a five-year-old child and you're working at Target, that Dexter dollar a pound for chicken is a big deal.
0: Yeah. It means you get one less. Yeah, that's right.
1: That's right. Yeah. You're, you're now buying canned chili. Yeah. Instead of chicken or whatever. Yeah. You know, that's and people, all these people, the environmental, social don't understand yeah. or don't care. That is, it's the people, the poorest people among us that they are punishing with this. Mm-hmm. They, they, it's a regressive tax. It is absolutely 100% a, a regressive tax. Yep. Corporations do not pay taxes, their customers do. Right. Right. If you're going to say, hey, here's the regulations that are going to increase your cost. That cost is going to be passed on to the customer and the people who are least able to deal with those increased costs are the poor.
0: Yeah, they have no no buffer in there, which just pushes them, the, the progressives towards, well, then we need a universal basic income. We need a living wage. We need all this other crap. If you stopped with all the damn regulations, we might not have to do anything else. And people could actually be paid according to the value that they're adding to the economy.
1: Well, if you're in a contracting monetary environment, those things, those options could go off the table pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Right? (laughs) They really can. Good. I so, mean,
0: some, some ideas just need to die a fiery death, and, yeah, and UBI yeah, is one yeah, of
1: them. Yeah. I mean, if interest rates stay very high for very long, the federal government's going to be scrambling for how they're going to pay the interest on the debt they have. Mm-hmm. So, Which
0: is why we have a debt ceiling crisis, which is why we have
1: <laughs> yeah. so many other things. Yes. So Yeah. How how we went from $4 trillion federal budget in 2019 to $6.8 trillion in 2020, and it's just stayed there. Mm-hmm. That tells me there's $3 trillion there to be cut. Oh, and they will. Probably way more than that. Well, no, way more than that. But I mean, just to get to where we were in 2019. Yeah. Right. And I don't recall anybody was starving after 2019.
0: No, it was a pretty good time. Yeah. And so, yeah, we you were know, all doing well.
1: I, I do not believe these arguments that, well, if we cut the money, people are going to go hungry. Well, okay. So there's that's some because bu- you're
0: cutting the money. The-
1: some bureaucrats are going to have to find some real jobs. Okay. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's brilliant. really what that means. But now, yeah,
0: well, this is this is the scam. I mean, this has always been the scam. Right? Uh, is is so? Yeah, I mean, you we have... take it take it on a municipal level. You know, the the city wants more money. So, what do they cut the budgets of? Police, fire. You know, it's it's roads. A... You know, all that stuff. So that the, so that the voters will vote for them more money because obviously, you know, these would be the last things that the that the, the city would cut. Right? It's the same damn thing with the federal it,
1: it's, government. It's, it's the uh, soul Example, right? So I run a government agency, and my government agency does two things: mm-hmm. we provide medicine that saves the lives of children, and we build statues to Benedict Arnold. <laughs> so
0: I've never heard this. Story. If my budget
1: gets cut, what am I going to cut? I'm going to cut children, to, medicine to children, right? Because people will clamor for that. But if I cut statues to Benedict, Benedict Arnold, people might ask why I was building statues to Benedict Arnold in the first place.
0: <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, you know, that's I mean, no, brilliant. No, no, that is well, a brilliant anecdote. I no, it, it is.
1: But that's, that's, that's how it works. Yeah. You're going to, you know, they will cut the things that people feel the pain for. They're not going to yeah. cut the fat. They're not going to cut the useless things government does. Right. They will cut the things that people will cause people. Which is, immediately. How,
0: which is how we have a perpetually growing federal yes. budget.
1: Exactly. It
0: never goes the other direction. Exactly. And that's exactly why. Yeah. So, and it's because we have the wrong incentives in place. Because all of these bureaucrats want to want to you know expand their little fiefdoms or keep their little fiefdoms, and and not one of them is ever going to volunteer. Of you can cut my agency. No,
1: never, yeah. never no one, never, not never, one. <laughs> no. Uh, but I mean yeah, that's 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 how it works, right. right? And and yeah, and to bring us back to this ESG, ESG yeah. <laughs> right?
0: Uh, I mean that's that's that's
1: the whole premise of it, right? Yeah, is uh, yeah if you if you play ball with us, mm. we'll get you government favor yeah right that's
0: that's that's the only reason government exists is really to hand out those favors
1: well yeah it's not to serve us no it's not to protect our rights and property and defend the country certainly isn't yeah no it's to enrich right the people who will game the system like this
0: right that's that's exactly it Gain the system is the exact right turn of phrase. No, that's is, what it is. is. crazy. All right. So how do we, well, ESG is going to fix itself. Sounds I,
1: like. I, I think ESG will fix itself. I mean, the, the proper thing to do if it worries you and it should, right? If you don't want to support it and you shouldn't support it, in my opinion, uh, don't invest in those index funds. Right. That do Black this. Rock,
0: Let's 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 I don't know what all of them are, but I know the Black Rock, Man, is, Black one of
1: them. Rock is probably the most notorious sure. for doing this. Sure. Right. Yeah. But yeah, just don't give them your money. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, There's lots of index funds out there that don't do this. You have lots of other choices. OK, good. Right. And so, yeah, just don't don't give your money to people that do this if, if that's not what you support. Right. Right. And there may be others who are activists in different ways. If you don't support that, don't give them your money either. Right. Right. I mean, there's a lot to be said for just an honest economy where people are not trying to sell you an agenda. They're just trying to sell you a product or service. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There's that. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So don't, don't, excuse me, don't invest in those companies.
1: Yeah, if you don't agree with it, it goes across the board for any company. Sure. I mean, if it, if they're really doing things you don't approve of, well, just don't buy their
0: product. Exactly what's happened to Bud.
1: Well, it is very much what has happened at adenhauser Bush.
0: But yeah, I mean, we've had other not even organized boycotts, just like people are like, I if you're going to support this kind of stuff that is so abhorrent to me, then why would I support you?
1: Yeah. And and so here's the thing, Chris. I don't really care what people want to buy or not buy. I mean, it it just doesn't matter to me. Right. If somebody wants to drink Bud Light, I'm fine with that. Go drink Bud Light. If you want an electric car. Buy an electric car, mm-hmm. right? If you want to watch soccer, go watch soccer. Even though I, it's life, man, I don't imagine why. If I want to spend two hours of my life watching 20 guys who can't score, I go to a bar. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, okay. it, it, but, you know, it, it, like, it really doesn't matter, right? Just, you know, if something bothers your conscience, don't buy their product. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take virtue signaling and a boycott. Just yeah, just take, it, take your money elsewhere if somebody else better represents right. what you think, right? It, yeah. It's really simple, you know? And, uh, you know, we, we talked about tribalism last time, right? Yeah. And this is kind of where you get in the verge of tribalism, right? Where you want to make other people do what you think they should do. Well, <laughs> right? Persuade and if
0: you wish. No, persuade, you
1: know? yes. Go ahead and persuade. But I mean, you know, it's like if we all voted with our wallets, yeah. What our values are, yeah. companies will eventually get around to reflecting your values. Well, but you don't need to harass other people to make that happen.
0: No, nor judge other people if they decide not to take take it to the same level as exactly. you. Exactly. Like, I, I still watch Hollywood movies. <laughs> Tearing apart the studio here, man. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I still watch Hollywood movies. I enjoy oh, Hollywood fun. movies. I try to support those actors that I know that you know, think at least similar, similarly to me, like Gary Sinise, you know, those kinds of guys. But, you know, I, I I just enjoy them. I'm not going to sit in, you know, darkness because Hollywood doesn't reflect my values. I'm not going to give my money to Disney, though. I, I have other choices. I don't have to watch Disney movies in order to watch movies. And so I don't. Yeah. Or if I do, it's the ones that I have on DVD and I already gave them my money a long time ago. So
1: yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I watch a lot of old movies. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I mean, my view of movies is a lot like my view of music. Seth, if something new comes out, I'm necessarily opposed to it. But you got 100 years of recorded movies, 100 years of recorded music, right? There's a lot of Why good should stuff I in listen to something mediocre today <laughs> when I can listen <laughs> to something great from. 10 or twenty or fifty years Fair ago. Fair enough. That's that's <laughs> kind of how I view it. Fair enough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that. I get that. No, I I think that there's a there, there's a lot that we can do. In fact, there are apps that you can download that will help you know what the companies that you know you support with your money, what they're doing with their with, with your money. Right. Um, you know, whether they're supporting causes like this or not, you know, and, and helping you to to make those as one of the again, one of the great advantages of of this age that we live in is yep. having that information available. So if if it's something's really important to you, like for example, for me, it's important for me to not support as much as possible companies that support Planned Parenthood. Okay. I I oh yeah, you know, I find that abhorrent. And yeah. so if 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 they're, you know, advertising that they support Planned Parenthood or whatever. I'm not going to give them my money. You know, I say right after having said
1: I do watch Hollywood movies. But, still,
0: you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to give them my money because I don't want that money going towards Planned Parenthood. I, you know.
1: I, uh company I work for, they, they allowed uh, their employees to make this uh, set aside a per- certain amount of their paycheck for charity. Okay. And uh, did this fund the company had. It was all voluntary. Mm-hmm. And then I sat on the board and decided where that money went. And uh, the board voted for uh, some of that money to go to Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. And uh, I introduced and got them to pass uh, some of that money to go to a pro-life organization. Nice. Uh, so yeah, we sort of canceled each other out.
0: <laughs> Fair <laughs> <Right>? enough. <laughs> so, but still, at
1: least we're, you know. Sure. Yeah. Got that out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I did the same thing when I moved, when I moved to Colorado Springs in 1995, I moved back, back home from Alaska and I went to work for Junior Achievement and they had a similar program at that point. I really don't want to support this. (laughs) Just don't let me, I'm not going to in Colorado Springs. You saw that that was part of it. It was like, (sighs) so yeah, I mean, even then, God, that was a long time ago. And even then I was... You know, still prevalent and, and, you know, these these kinds of virtue signaling crap. Yeah. Going on all the time. Yeah. okay, So, yeah, well, you know, this
1: is just true. And we've talked a lot about the politicalization of everything. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's ESG, the politicalization of everything. everything, Right. And (laughs) our goal should be. Not as Republicans serve, conservatives, just as sane Americans. Yeah. It needs to be the depoliticalization of everything. Yeah. But the problem with this is people who politicize everything then confuse politics for reality. Yeah. Right? Politics are not reality. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's like somebody watching a Bugs Bunny cartoon and thinking it's a documentary. <laughs> right? I mean, that's really true. They really think all this political bullshit is real. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Right. It's just people trying to separate you and your, from your money and your ability to direct your own life. Yeah. It's nothing to do with reality whatsoever. Yeah. Has nothing to do with the climate whatsoever. Has nothing to do with underprivileged children whatsoever. Has nothing to do with if we could just save one life whatsoever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's all just window dressing it's, for how can I relieve you
1: of your money? They're grifters through and through. No, exactly. Yeah. It's just, yeah, the politicizing everything is making everything into bullshit, <laughs> right? Depoliticize it. Yeah. And you can then fix these real problems. Like we talked the last episode, yeah. right? The Victor Davis Hansen paraphrase that quote all the time Postmodern world cannot solve a problem we're solving. Yeah. Because they have politicized. Everything. Yeah. And there are no solutions. There's only political conveniences. Right. Right. And people call those solutions when they haven't actually solved anything. Right. And to solve these, any of these problems, we have to depoliticize them. So this is the problem with ESG is the ESGSD, further politicalization of things that do not need to be politicized. Right.
0: Right. Well, and it's, like, it's a continuous harping on things that it, it, it's a continuous... Mechanism for favoritism. No, I, I I can't. I can't think of any other way. To no, say no, that's it, exactly that's what, what exact, it is.
1: Right, right. That's exactly what it is. It's it's grifting. Yeah, yeah. It's grifting. It's it's presenting something as virtuous when it is nothing more than taking money from one person and giving it to the other. That's all it is. Yeah. There's right. nothing virtuous about it. Okay.
0: Well. <laughs> Now you know as much about ESG as we do. <laughs> <laughs> so glad we had this. I mean I really did want to explore this and understand, you know, how all this was working. So what are we going to talk about next time?
1: Hmm. hmm. I think we should talk about racism. Racism? Racism. Okay. Yeah, we can talk about racism. Yeah.
0: That'll be an explosive. No, no, no. There's, there's
1: a lot to cover there.
0: There is a ton to cover. So we've been trying to phrase these in terms of questions. Shall we think of the question between now and then? Or do you have the question already? Is gone? racism extinct? Okay, there you go. Is racism extinct will be our next episode. So until then, please. Dear listener, if you would, please go to iTunes and give us a positive rating. Give us five stars if you think we rate it. Give us some feedback. We would love to hear from you. Tell your friends about our podcast, Cowgirls and Indians, and let them know that this is definitely a great way to spend an hour of your time. Until then, take care.